Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming Week 13 games across the NFL. And in this episode, we're going to cover the regular weekly picks, Andy's total tease, and also get to your news of the week. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Atridge, and I guess to our American friends, Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, indeed. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll tell you, Pat, this stuff is looking good and smelling good and tasting good. we got to dig in and start eating now. It is good, but you've got to hurry because the bus is running. It's getting close to game time. we got to get headed for the Silver Dome, and we just like to say happy Thanksgiving to you guys back in the studio. Yeah, it's, it's America's greatest export is Thanksgiving Day football. Right, and I do participate in the whole turkey stuffing day off. Yeah, you have a Sleep whole bunch in. of people at your house. Yeah, yeah. Nice. It's, uh, it's, become, it's become quite the party. Um, started when I was in university 25 years ago. and Started off getting KFC and then migrated to uh, roasted chicken dinners. And then, yeah, do the whole, do the whole turkey spread now. So that's uh, a lot of fun. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I guess... Uh, you know, the Thanksgiving Day games were really, uh, were pretty good. For those uh, interested, we're recording this podcast on Black Friday, so we did see the games. Uh, the Who knew the Bears-Lions uh, game was going to be so interesting? Yeah, we could also call it Blackout, Blacked Out Friday, um, <laughs> or at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the Bears, I know, I, with that, with Blau coming in, you didn't really know what to expect, but he really kept that game competitive all the way to the end. So that was a feather in his cap. But Lion's going to Lion, right? Lion's going to Lion. Yeah, and I got to give Mitch Trubisky props. He's been under fire all year. And yesterday, he was completing the deep ball. He was getting his mid-throws. The Bears' running game was on. I mean, yes, they were playing the Lions. So let's like completely... You know, we got to wait a few weeks to hold judgment, but it'd be nice to see Trubisky throw for a couple touchdowns and 300 yards every week as a Bears fan. Well, I, anyway. I had to make sure when he took his helmet off on the sideline that it wasn't Sid Luckman that came in there and started throwing <laughs> the ball around. He's back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. seen ghosts. Seen ghosts. Zombie uh, Luckman. But no, that was, yeah, it was a very impressive uh, showing for Trubisky. So, yeah, he kind of looked like an NFL quarterback. Yeah, and of course, we always talk about Dallas and how uh, Jason Garrett has the shock collar on him as soon as he leaves uh, the confines of Dallas. Uh, but man, it seems that shock collar seems to be extending now to primetime games. As uh, first, you know, this year they lost at home on Monday Night Football to Minnesota. And now all of a sudden, you know, Thanksgiving Day when the world is watching and they lose big to a surging Buffalo Bills team. Who wow, like their their defense is young and hungry, and Josh Allen has really taken a step forward this year. Yeah. Nine and three. Like it's unbelievable. Like they're guaranteed know. to have a winning season this year. That is fan that's two winning seasons out of the last three for the Bills. So be looking for them to play a much bigger factor in the AFC East than they have been in uh previous seasons. Well, McDermott's a good coach. Yep. And if New England doesn't pick up their socks a little bit, um, you know, Buffalo's got the tiebreaker at the end of the season. Like, if they could tie it up, rather. Yep. Um, who knows? They've just been playing fantastically. So, you know, for seven as a seven-point road dog to come in there and, and pound them outright was, was, well, was fun to watch. Well, we've got more on the Thanksgiving Day games. Uh, 
Let's get to the news of the week. Eighty-two-year-old Willie Murphy says a man broke into her home late Thursday night. The suspect likely thought she was an easy target. What he didn't realize, Murphy is an award-winning bodybuilder who still competes. I'm alone and I'm old, but guess what? I'm tough. Willie Murphy was getting ready for bed around 11 p.m. when a man started banging on the door and asking for an ambulance, declaring, I'm sick, I'm sick. Murphy called the police and would have let him inside, which she said angered the man. I heard a loud noise, and I'm thinking, what the heck was that? The young man is in my home. He broke the door. I picked up the table, and I went to work on him, said Murphy, who could deadlift 225 pounds. The table broke. After the table dropped, Murphy grabbed a nearby bottle of shampoo and went to town. Guess what? He's still on the ground. It's in his face, all of it, the whole thing. When officers arrived, Murphy said the first responders wanted to take selfies with her, and she even received a hero's welcome when returning to her local YMCA. An 82-year-old chucking dudes through tables. Hmm. Sounds like she's a card-carrying member of the Bills Mafia. Give this lady a celebratory condiment shower. Florida authorities say they responded to a rogue vehicle spinning in reverse around a suburban cul-de-sac and found a lone occupant inside a black Labrador retriever named Max. News outlets reported that residents in Port St. Lucie called police after seeing the dog trapped and clamoring around the car as it spun repeatedly round, effectively performing circular donuts in a move favored by victorious motorsports drivers. Police say they thought the dog's owner had stepped away from the running car and the pet kicked it into reverse. One neighbor said she watched as the car took out a mailbox and a trash can. Police stopped the joyride by punching a passcode into the driver's door. No one was hurt. Maddie, I think the least surprising thing about the story is that it occurred in Florida. Now, we've heard about famous training regimens before. Uh, think about Herschel Walker doing 10,000 push-ups and 15,000 sit-ups every day. Jerry Rice would ensure his grip strength by catching cement bricks. And now Michael Vick is preparing for a comeback by chasing automobiles driven by dogs going in circles. After their loss to New Orleans on Thursday night, the Atlanta Falcons have officially been eliminated from the playoffs. Wow, how the mighty have fallen. Just a couple seasons ago, they were up 28-3 to late in the third quarter of Super Bowl 51, only to allow the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history to the New England Patriots. Yet another fan base whose hopes and dreams have been flushed down the Super Bowl. <laughs> You suck! After the Cowboys lost to the Buffalo Bills at home on Thanksgiving, Cowboys beat writer Clarence Hill Jr. tweeted that there was angry screaming and hollering coming from the Cowboys locker room. Perhaps someone didn't leave enough gravy for the mashed potatoes. Every day is a holiday and every meal is a banquet, baby. Was Jason Garrett clapping along in rhythm to the chaos? Was Jerry Jones upset that he couldn't find the glory hole? I want me some glory hole. Or did Troy Aikman come down from the broadcast booth to lose his mind? Why don't we have a coach who gets over there and does something about it? Instead, we want to go over and pat everybody on the ass, and they haven't done a job all night. Guys out there off, and nobody says anything about it. We got a head coach who won't say anything about it. We got coaches offensively who won't do anything about it. So many questions. But one thing I know for sure, 
They weren't saying this. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! <laughs> All right, let's fire it up with our weekly picks. Uh, before we get to our first game on the docket this week, we want to welcome uh, someone to our podcast. We've got a guest host today, and uh, we go way back. His real name's Dave Ferrero, but I can't remember the last time I called him that. We all just call him Nino. How you doing, Nino? Doing fantastic, Matty. Right on. Welcome uh, to Nino Almost I, Wise Guys. Nino and I have been degenerate gamblers, uh, opening up our first offshore accounts in the 1990s. So, nice. Um, he's no stranger to this arena. Let's put it that way. Nope. And I go <laughs> Not back. At all. I, I go back to grade two, Our Lady of Lourdes with Nino. Wow. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, gentlemen. Was that Maddie? Was that the first time or the second? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. I went to Laurier. I'm a smart boy. Right. <laughs> right, smart. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So, our first game on the docket, we had to Carolina where the Carolina Panthers face the Washington Redskin Potatoes. And uh, Carolina, 10-point favorite at home with an over-under of 40. And, uh, well, this game, uh, I don't know, is Dwayne Haskins going to play every snap? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we called that selfie gate last week against the Lions. Um, by the way, our friend Nino is a huge Lions fan, so he watched the game. Uh, Unfortunately. Not not a big fan of selfie gate there with two seconds left. Um, I'm not sure why Haskins thought he needed to celebrate when he had 156 passing yards, no TDs, one INT, and a one-loss fumble. But you know those guys from Ohio State, they really can't count to 60, can they? <laughs> no. No, they cannot. Uh, it surprised me completely that he didn't even know the game was still on. But, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. If we leave work eight seconds early, nobody notices. But uh, if you happen to play in the NFL, uh, it's a much With different story. A couple but, million uh, people looking on, yeah. I don't know. I'm looking at this total of 40 going, hmm, obviously not a high score. Um, really, how many points does Washington need to put up to cover this 10 points? And I don't think it's that many. Maybe uh, if they can get 14, 17 points and keeping him with that distance. Uh, that's a lot of points, and I think... Washington I isn't getting 14 to 17 points. It's going to be 65 degrees and raining there, uh, and it's going to be all about the run, and run CMC is going to run all over Washington. The guy's got 289 touches this year, 1,709 scrimmage yards, and 16 touchdowns. The Redskins have only 14 touchdowns as a team. So run CMC's got two more touchdowns this year than the Redskins have as, a, as an entire team. And their defense is much better than what Washington faced last week as well. I mean, they, they faced the Lions, who have one of the worst defenses in the league. In fact, I think they're ranked 30th. So I'm quite happy that uh, my Bears played them this week. But yeah, uh, well, Haskins... Dave, what was your opinion on the uh, Washington game against your Lions? Do you think they played really well, or do you think the Lions just couldn't do it with their backup quarterback? I think the Lions lined it up, unfortunately. I don't think it was Washington playing better. I think it was just the Lions being the Lions, their own worst enemies. It almost hurts me to hear a Lions fan and how dejected they get 
you know, you're right though. Lion's going to lion. Yep. Especially without Stafford. It was, uh, it was painful to watch, but uh, to get back to this game, Washington at Carolina, I mean, Haskins, six interceptions and a 55.9 pass rating in five games this year. Uh, Washington three and seven against the spread. Uh, Andy, I, I got to tell you, I, I'm actually, I think Carolina, they've, they've had a rough couple of weeks. I think they bounce back hard here and uh, find their mojo. I think they take this 10 points easy. Well, uh, I'm not going to be betting on this one, but 10 points is a little too much for me in this one. I've got to go Washington. Well, gentlemen, I uh, agree with Maddie on this one. I think Carolina is going to take it by a couple touchdowns at least. Smart man, Nino. That's why we got you on this week. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'm living on the air in Cincinnati, Cincinnati WKRP. All right, up next, we head to Cincinnati, where the lowly Bengals are uh, facing a suddenly surging New York Jets team. Cincy, three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. Normally, we like our home dogs, but I can't stand Cincinnati. And uh, even though they got Andy Dalton back in his starting QB, I don't know. They were doing fine tanking with Andy Dalton on the bench. I don't know why they want to try to sneak out a couple wins this year and maybe not get the first-round pick. But, hey, uh, nobody ever said since he's got a good front office. No, and they did everything they could to, to lose that game against Pittsburgh last week. They did cover, but, um, wow, they looked awful, scoring 10 points at home. Uh, Mixon did nothing. And guess what? The Jets, still the number one team in the league in yards allowed per game on defense at 78.1. Mixon is not going to have a big day. And on top of that, the winds are projected to be a minimum 10 miles an hour. So I don't see see either quarterback getting the ball downfield. But, you know, since Sam Darnold said that they could win, if they want out, they could possibly make the playoffs. They're 3-0 since then. And even though they're on the road. Yep, 3-0 since seeing ghosts. Three and O since seeing ghosts, right? He was scared. Patriots will do that to you. Yeah. Well, he was scared into uh, a 117.2 passer rating over three weeks. Uh, Also, 279 pass yards per game, seven touchdowns, one interception, and three and O. Like you said, that's pretty damn impressive. Also, considering the Bengals D only ten takeaways this year. Um, Only Miami has less takeaways. So I, I don't care if Andy Dalton's in there. Uh, you could get Boomer Esiason in his prime in there, and I don't think they cover this three and a half points. Oh, is it three and a half now? It is, uh, that's what I have it as here. What do you have it oh, as? Oh, okay. No, that's possible. I'm still taking the Jets at three and a half, so uh, that's not going to affect my number. No, I like the Jets as well on this one. All right, our next game, well, we head to Baltimore, Charm City. This game should really be flexed to Sunday night, uh, but uh, Baltimore is facing San Francisco. San Francisco coming all the way across from the West Coast to the East Coast. Baltimore, six-point favorites at home, and this is the two highest-scoring offenses in the league 
But where I'm concerned with your boys from San Fran, Andy, is their mm-hmm. defense this year has had a rough time versus mobile quarterbacks. Uh, I know they've beaten Kyler Murray, but he's been able to get over on them when it came to yards, uh, and they lost to Russ Wilson in and Seattle. Yeah. So yeah, this could, this is yeah very very tough spot for the San Francisco 49ers. But I think the luxury that they have is that they can get pressure with the front four, whereas most teams really need to blitz if they're going to take out uh, Lamar Jackson. And what yep. that means is that they can afford to put a spy on him. Um, so you got one guy watching him and where he's going all the time. They can still with that front four, they can still get enough pressure that uh, he's not going to have a lot of time in the pocket. Uh, their secondary is. You know, top notch. Um, I well, mean, the let's ru- call it the running like, game. That was gonna- a beatdown. That was a beatdown in San Francisco against the Packers. Oh, they slapped them around. I don't think I've ever seen uh, Aaron Rodgers look that bad. Like he had just over a hundred yards passing for a defense. Hundred four yards. Yeah. Hundred four. Just to hold Aaron Rodgers, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, to just over a hundred yards passing in a game is a feat. Um, a really interesting stat I came across uh, in this game. Uh, I came across two, actually. The 49ers don't have a top 10 rusher, but they've got the second best rush offense in the NFL. That not just says something. I about, love it. That, yeah, that, that doesn't just say something about their platoon of running back. It speaks a lot to their offensive line play. San Francisco's yeah, no offensive line is probably the best rushing O-line I've seen in a few years in this league. And uh, another interesting one is that the Ravens have won their last three games by a margin of 135 to 26. And that is the largest average margin over three games since your 87 Niners. Wow. 87. I thought that would have been Washington. But um, speaking of offensive lines, Matt Skura, the center for Baltimore, is now on the IR with a knee injury, which he suffered Monday night against the Rams. In comes undrafted rookie Patrick McCarry. So you've got an undrafted rookie as the guy that touches the ball every single play. You don't affect. You don't think that's going to affect the line at all? I do. Um, this was a coin toss for me. I, you know, if San Fran doesn't win this one, I don't have a problem with it as a fan. If they lose, like they beat Green Bay last week, I'm going to have a problem with it. But I think they keep this one close. And six points for a team that's 10-1 and one is a little bit too much for me. I'm going with my 49ers. What do you think about this spread, Nino? I think it's a little high. I agree with Andrew. Uh, two great teams. Um, I think it's going to be closer than uh, people think. I, I'm taking the Niners just for the points. I think, uh, you know, home dog usually in this, this you expect someone to be around a, a field goal or so. But six points, a little bit much for my liking as well. Do you so, guys not think the li- or the total of 46 is wildly low wildly low <laughs> almost wildly. seems like a and, trap and actually it's been bet down because it started at 46 and a half which is very bizarre to me i thought this would be no, both a, these a lot more. can put up points uh, this this should be closer to 50 in my yeah. books i fu- agreed i 100 percent agree with you and uh where i'm having a problem is uh the san francisco defense uh they're really good against the pass but they allow 111 rush yards per game. Baltimore only allows 87. This will be uh, a really the, the Niners' toughest test to run the ball against a good rushing defense. Plus, they got to come all the way across the country, and we know that teams from the West Coast generally don't fare as well when they come east. Also, the Niners, uh, they have uh, – well, 
Robbie Gold is questionable. I know he's going to go. Uh, but D Ford, Matt Breida, Sanders, uh, Debo Samuel, they're all questionable. They're a little bit banged up. Uh, they had that big game on on Sunday night. I think this is a spot for a letdown here. And as long as it stays under a touchdown, I'm taking the Ravens. This is Johnny Unitas of the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. Up next, we head to Lucas Oil Stadium, where the Indianapolis Colts take on the Tennessee Titans. Indy two-and-a-half point favorites. Uh, the over-under on this game is 43-and-a-half. And I just... Um, but this game, I'm having a really hard time between uh, Brissett and Tannehill. Because Brissett, he started the season really well. But uh, in the last four games, he's had one touchdown pass or fewer. And right now, Ryan Tannehill is just surging. 114.9 passer rating as a starter. And that is the highest in the NFL this season. Uh, now, and then well, add to that, that Derrick Henry, who's a he's in full beast mode. Well, he... He usually does that at the end of the season. Uh, if you look at his stats the last couple of years, at the end of the season, he's putting up buck 40, buck 50 a game on the ground. But the thing with Tannehill, I think, honestly, I think it was just coaching that he was so mediocre in, in, um, in Miami. Well, and, I and, think, and he, he had he, to play he for the, the Dolphins. Remember, he went the first round. And you know what they did in the third quarter? If you missed the game, um, last week in the third quarter alone, they scored four touchdowns on six plays. Yep. Now, two of those were uh, were Henry. In fact, six seconds apart, uh, a record that's been not touched for about three decades. But my favorite aspect of this game is the coaching matchup between Mike Vrabel and Frank Wright. You know, yeah. these are two players that played in the '90s, right? Yeah, played against uh, each both other. Both well liked by their their um, their team because they're buying into the systems, respectively. Yeah, both teams are six and five straight up, so it's a pretty evenly matched game. Uh, uh, I know that Marlon Mack isn't going to be playing, though, and that's pretty tough. And nor is Eric Ebron. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And T.Y. Hilton is listed as questionable. Yeah, he's been questionable but, the last couple of weeks, so obviously well, banged he, up. Well, he didn't play a big role in the game against uh, Houston, where they only lost by a field goal. Well, Hilton's had fewer than 90 receiving yards in every game he's played in this year, which is very, uh, very different as well. So uh, I'm having, I you know, this is under a field goal. And with the way Tennessee's been surging, like this is a this is a game where these teams are trying to, to trying to get a wild card spot. Yeah, uh, Indy plays pretty well at home, but their offense when they don't have Mac is not nearly as good. And I don't think they have what it takes to cover. Uh, they have to win this game by a field goal. I don't think they can. I do. <laughs> yeah, you, you're you're an Indy guy this week, eh? Well. I think I, I think the world's going to be on Tennessee just based on the way the Tannehill's been playing, and Indianapolis has not looked sharp uh, for the last couple of weeks. Um, they're at home, you know. They're fighting for a spot in the playoffs still. I I don't know. I'm going to. I think the coaching edge goes to Frank Reich. Not no uh, no slight against Mike Vrabel. No Frank Reich. As long as this thing's under league. two and a half or under a field goal, I'll take him at two and a half for sure. Nino. I'm like the Titans. Uh, usually in ones like this, uh, as you say, you take the, the home dog if it's under a field goal. I, I can't really explain it. I've just gone over the stats, everything else, and I just I think Tennessee pulls one out here. Yeah, I think I think the quarterback play of Ryan Tannehill mixed with uh, Derrick Henry 
you just can't go wrong right there. And, and Tennessee's actually playing some pretty good defense. So they kind of got it going on, whereas the Colts, they've been kind of fading. I think some teams have figured out Jacoby Brissett. So, yeah, I'm with you, Nino, buddy. Let's, uh, let's go Titans. Agreed. What, in his inability to get the ball down the field? Whose inability? It's Brissett. Yeah. Accurately. Well, yeah, accurately, right? So, I, yeah, I, I, I just I don't like the Colts right now. I think Marlon Mack was a big reason why they were pulling out a lot of their wins because they were able to – it was a lot about ball possession, right? They were keeping the ball a pretty long time on offense. And now there's a lot more three and outs going on when it's, when it's in your quarterback's hand. Up next, we head to Saxonville, where uh, the Jags are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jacksonville, one-point home dog, so not much of a spread on this one with an over-under of 49, which I think is pretty appropriate considering uh, the amount of scoring that these teams do. Uh, And once again... What Jameis Winston shows up this game? Because uh, he's had 100 giveaways since 2015. The next closest is Rivers with 81. He's just, and then other times he's throwing crazy amounts of pad. Like, I mean, Goodwin and Evans are second and third in the league this year in receiving yards. Only Michael Thomas in New Orleans has more. So they're getting tons of yards. Oh, yeah. And they're averaging 28.4 points per game. Only the Ravens and Niners average more. It's it's the turnovers that are killing them. They don't give a about defense, though. No, they really don't. Now, the only thing that concerns me in this game is that even though their defense is really bad in terms of number of points they give up, they're second in the league in rushing yards allowed per game. And if they can shut down Leonard Fournette, um, that's going to make the Jags one-dimensional. And here's the problem with that. It, it's going to be Nick Foles' first game at home uh, since his injury. But... The weather is calling for 17 mile an hour winds with gusts up to 30. And rain. So neither quarterback is going to get the ball downfield. However, Jameis Winston is dumb enough to, to try. try to get the ball downfield. And, <laughs> and when you guys when you got guys like Calais Campbell back there, there's still a great defense. And I'm I'm gonna say he's got at least two picks in him. One of them's probably gonna go for six. And here's a stat that I think most people would find surprising. Did you know that since 2008 Jacksonville Jaguars have had only one winning and that was the year 2017 that they went 10 and 6 and made it to the FC championship game against the Patriots and they did it with that defense and you know with a couple of, of exceptions it's pretty much the same defense uh I like the Jacksonville Jaguars at home here because I think the rest of the world is going to be buying into what Winston's selling and uh, I'm not going to be one of them what about you Nino I'm liking the home uh, home ones on this one. I think it's uh, going to be a close game, but for the points, I'm taking the home team on this one. Well, let me for tell the you. Point, the point, I should say. Let me tell you, if Gardner Minshew the second was playing, cue the porno music, his mustache would lead him to victory by more than a field goal. <laughs> However, it's not. It's Nick Foles, who has looked absolutely atrocious in his uh, his return. I'm not buying what he's selling. And also Leonard Fournette, he's the only running back in the league with over a hundred or over a thousand scrimmage yards, but he's got less than five touchdowns. They're not converting on any of these. Plus they're not throwing the ball well. And Tampa Bay's scoring tons of points. I just think this is a track meet. And if you're talking track meet, even with a couple turnovers from Jamison, 
uh, I, I'm or sorry, from Jameis Winston. I'm, I'm going with Tampa. I, it, this is crazy, Andy, because the last few weeks we've been opposite. It's almost opposite day to day because you've been on Tampa Bay. Yeah, I was all over Tampa them. Bay last week when they and, won out, right? And now, uh, and I was against them. And uh, now I think uh, I'm going to ride the Jameis Winston roller coaster, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to take the Bucks. Wow! Make sure that uh, that safety bar is buckled in pretty tight, dude. Um, yeah, did you know that the Tampa bag. Bay Buccaneers of their twelve games, ten of them have gone over the number for the total? Yeah. Yeah, and I'd, I'd look. I once suppose a- when you don't play defense, that's not really a big surprise. No, not at all. It's up to you, New York, New York. Up next, we're in the Big Apple. Well, actually, the Meadowlands in New Jersey, but they call themselves the New York Giants, and uh, they're facing the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Giants, six and a half point underdogs at home. I know I normally like home dogs. But I got to tell you, man, uh, watching the Giants play against my anemic Bears offense and even the Bears were able like the Bears basically did nothing all game and still won that game. Now they've got Green Bay coming to town and Aaron Rodgers off a loss is usually pretty lights out. In fact, this year they're 2-0 and after losses and uh, Rodgers has fewer giveaways, which is 17 over the last three season than uh, Danny Dimes has this year alone. Oh, doesn't surprise me. Well, I mean, if you look at Green Bay, do you really think that Aaron Rodgers and that team is not going to bounce back after the one, one of the most embarrassing losses they've had in the regular season in years? They were, not only did Aaron Rodgers only throw for 104 yards, but of 18 third and fourth downs, they converted two of them. And I don't see that happening in, in, in the Meadowlands. Um, the Giants are allowing at 260 yards a game. They're 26th in the league in, in passing yardage allowed. And we always talk about how important Saquon Barkley is to that offense. Well, here's his total rushing numbers in the last five games. 72, 64, 28, 1, and 59 last week against your Bears, Matty. Yeah, he hasn't had a 100-yard rush game since week two. And that was his only one, I believe. Yeah, and the Green Bay defense, pretty darn good against the run. I mean, uh, they they obviously got handed to him against San Francisco last week, but, I mean, <clears throat> the Niners' offense, the way they run, is you know much different than the piddly New York Giants' offensive line, that's for sure. And, I mean, it is going to be 39 degrees with rain or sleet, but, you know, since when has Green Bay ever had a problem with bad weather? That's what their whole franchise is predicated on. So, dude, I, I'm taking uh, the Green Bay Packers. What do you think there, Nino? I think the Packers are going to just route them. You, you've got a team coming off, uh, you know, a, a huge loss. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, as Chicago and Lions fans, we know what that, that man is capable of. And given that New York has not been playing well, they've lost to every other team in the division, Minnesota, Chicago, and Detroit. I'm taking Green Bay all day on this one. Now, as a, a fan of an NFC North team like I am, does it not make you want to throw up in your mouth just a little bit whenever you pick the Packers? It does. Yeah. It really does. But in this case, we know, as I say, I've, I've seen well what that man can do with the ball, Mr. Rogers. And although it pains me, I think they're going to come off a big loss and come in here and just route all over New York all day long. I'd probably take them at 13 and a half, to be honest. Wow. We're all in agreement on that one. That's cause for concern. 
Seems a little ominous, definitely. <laughs> Three of us on the same page. Yeah, when the when the public goes one way, you bet the other way. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. But everybody knows that the Packers On to South Beach, where the lowly Miami Dolphins are facing the Philadelphia Eagles. Miami, nine-point underdogs at home. Uh, Philly's kind of a weird case. They they play really good against crappy teams like Miami, but they can't buy a win against a team with a winning record, can they? No. No, they can't. And I'm not sure why they're nine-point favorites anywhere. Um, what has that offense done to impress you? Like they scored, okay, albeit it was against uh, New England, and they scored ten points. Yep. And I, jeez, actually, hang on, no, no, was that they played each other last week, right? Who's that? The uh, Pats and the and the Eagles, or was that two weeks ago? That, that was two, two weeks ago. Two they weeks played ago. Uh, Seattle. They right. lost to Seattle. Yeah. Pretty much oh, the same okay, score, seventeen. Not what I just said. Yeah, they lost to Seattle, which, you know, is no real crime because Seattle's a pretty good team. But they made Seattle's defense look elite, and that, that shouldn't happen. Carson Wentz is not the guy that we thought he was going to be when he first came in the league and lit up the box scores in his first season. And right now I'm looking at the injury report, and I see names like Nelson Aguilar. I see Jordan Howard. I see Alshon Jeffrey. I see Brandon Brooks. Zach Ertz, uh, Jason Peters, their offensive tackle. Like, they've got a lot of guys – on the injury well, even Carson Wentz himself is on it, and we already know that Deshaun Jackson's out. And I put uh, Carson Wentz in the class of Jared Goff and Mitch Trubisky. Oh, I, I don't know dude, what, dude. Ouch, I don't. Yeah, ouch. I don't. I have no idea what people see in that clown and how they got rid of Nick Foles, who, like I said, he hasn't impressed me with uh, his play since he's come back. But I tell you, Nick Foles would be doing better in Philly with that cast than Carson Wentz will ever do. Um, I don't know, dude. I, I'm liking Miami at home with these with these nine points that I can stick in my back pocket. Um, you know, with that injury report on Philly. And, and Christ, how many drop passes do they have with guys that are healthy in the lineup? 23. Yep. Plus whatever happened last game, I think. Yeah, they're, they're right uh, up there with the le- Chicago leading Bears. Leading the league in that category, which yep. is not one that you want to have. Happen. Yep. So how much are we going to put that on Carson Wentz? I don't know. Uh, these guys seem to have trouble grabbing the ball. Um, What's weird though is public money's coming in on Miami because this started out at ten, so Uh, it's come down a point. That's wise guy. So you think that's wise guy money coming in on them? Absolutely. That early in the week, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think the public's too concerned about a Miami Philadelphia game, especially on Thanksgiving weekend when we got three games on the slate for Thursday. Yeah, I'm not putting my own uh, personal money on this. With everything else going on in college, too. Trust me, the public is not looking at these games. So if you see a line movement. That means it's sharp money coming in, which means yeah. it's probably the right side of taking Miami. Yeah, I'm with you, but I'm taking Miami. How about you, Nino? I think I'm with you as well on Miami on this one. You, you look at uh, you look at the teams, and it's just uh, ten points is a lot. Philly is capable of doing it, but they seem to be playing to the level of their team. They, they play close teams closer. They play teams they should be. Uh, even to, they they've lost to most of them. So for the points, I'm definitely taking Miami on this one at home. All right, go Finns. 
And next, we've got a rematch. Fighting out of the red corner, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're the home team. And fighting out of the blue corner, we've got the Cleveland Browns. Pittsburgh, two and a half point underdogs at home. And they got spanked a few weeks ago against Cleveland. Uh, but we've had a few suspensions since, since then. Also, new quarterback for Pittsburgh as Devlin Duck Hodges is in for uh, Mason Rudolph. And man, did you hear Mike Tomlin just roast Rudolph in the presser that week or last week? What have you seen from Hodges that has allowed you to feel that he should be the start individually, independent of Mason? What about him? He has not killed us. I think he was deserving of it. Oh, very much so. But you, you could tell Mike Tomlin has had it. <laughs> he doesn't talk well, like that I'd normally. I'd be frustrated too if I was down to my fourth string quarterback and it's like Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Because they, yeah, they traded away um, Dobbs, right? Wasn't that it? Yeah, to uh, uh, Fitzpatrick, Mika Fitzpatrick. Yep. Who's by the way put on a damn clinic this year? Oh, Fitzpatrick's uh, leading the league in takeaways. Oh yeah, that's the defense is holding that team together. That's why they're six and five and still in playoff contention. Forget yep. the quarterback. Uh, it's supposed to be 53 degrees and raining as well on uh, Sunday in Pittsburgh. So not a very, not a very nice day. So the rushing game is going to be important. And uh, Cleveland's got Nick Chubb. And last time I saw these two guys play, Nick Chubb got loose. Mm, I don't know if he's going to get too loose on, on this week. Uh, just before I, I'm going to let Nina weigh on and Devlin Duck Hodges, who we did some homework on before the, before the podcast. Um, this game was actually supposed Supposed to be played at one o'clock, or sorry, at um, four o'clock, and they flexed it to the one o'clock time slot. And unofficially, the reasoning was that gives their fans three fewer hours of drinking. <laughs> um, no, I'm not joking. Like they, they expect the players to play a normal game. Yeah, it's a division rivalry. But what happened two weeks ago is going to stay on the sidelines. And but the fans don't give a. Sh they don't. They don't care. They yep. Just don't care. And so you're going to get a whole bunch of Cleveland fans in Pittsburgh and it could be nasty in the stands. I think yeah. that I, I'm going to say over under 17 fights in the stands. At least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's Thanksgiving weekend. So everybody's been off and they're sloppy drunk. I mean, and, and both of those towns, both Clevelanders and Pittsburgh, uh, those, those are, those are tough blue collar towns, man. Those fans, they will fight you. They will fight you. They will fight you. Yeah. Now, what did we learn about Devlin Duck Hodges, Nino? Well, we learned that he was in the three-time. He won the Walter Payton Award his senior year. Uh, he had a pretty decent uh, college career with Sanford. And he was three-time uh, Southern Conference MVP. Yes, well, and an all-team. Three-time all-team as well. And I mean, Hodges, uh, Pittsburgh's won two of the three games with Hodges as quarterback. And their only loss there was to Baltimore, and that was in OT. So they're a much different team 
with Hodges at quarterback than they were with Rudolph. Now the other, oh, I think he's, I think he's an upgrade on this line. Uh, doesn't reflect that. It's gone in the opposite direction. Yeah, and I the the problem is though, uh, you talk about it a lot, and that's the recency effect. Because Cleveland's last mm-hmm. three games, they're three and zero with a plus thirty four point differential, a plus two hundred and sixty four yardage differential, and a plus five turnover differential. A Cleveland Browns team that's in the positives and all those things. That is crazy. Plus, Baker Mayfield has had a ninety plus passer rating in four straight games. That's the first time in his career. However, 53 degrees and raining, that's cold. It's wet. It leads itself to running. It's uh, dirty. It's dirty. Uh, Connor's on the injury report for Pittsburgh. That's I'm, I'm having a little bit of an issue because I don't know how loose Hodges is going to be able to get. Because well, Juju's be still on that list, too. We're not sure if he's yep. going to play either. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what. Before, Oh, yeah. That's what's going to happen before I watch this game. What, um, you're going to spill your beer? No, I'm going to go out in the street and start fighting Cleveland fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing you've been taking that Krav Maga. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm. Uh, I, I'm not going to overthink this one. I'm going to take Pittsburgh at home, uh, especially because of Devlin Duck Hodges. How about you, Nino? What are your thoughts on uh, the game and the spread here? I think it's going to be a close one. It's, uh, I just say, I think it's going to be clean after that, uh, except for in the stands, as Andy mentioned. But I'm thinking that the Pittsburgh defense is going to keep them in this one. And I think uh, Devlin is going to not do the killer mistakes that have plagued Rudolph. I think he's going to not lose it for them. So I'm, I'm taking uh, Pittsburgh at home. Yeah, Pittsburgh's defense got embarrassed last time against uh, the Browns. And I, I can't see that happening again. Plus, uh, a couple numbers jump out on me here is that Pittsburgh, they're 7-4 and four against the spread this year, and they haven't had a, their regular starting quarterback for the majority of the season. Uh, that says a lot to their, to their defense. Um, Cleveland, the other hand, they're not really world beaters against the spread. They're 4-6-1, and one, um, and I'm still not quite buying what Freddie Kitchens is selling. So I'm going to go with the home dog here and uh, take Pittsburgh plus 2.5. You know I ride with my Arizona Cardinals Most likely I'ma die as an Arizona Cardinal I'm going outside ripping Arizona Cardinals And everywhere I go I rip my Arizona Cardinals Alright, up next we have the Arizona Cardinals Taking on the Los Angeles Rams Arizona three-point home dogs And this is, uh, well, this is my favorite spread of the week Because uh, once again, as they have gotten all year The LA Rams have gotten way too much credit. Their defense doesn't look anything like it did last year. And even with guys like Cooper Cup and Todd Gurley, uh, they're not getting any offense done. I just, I think Arizona wins this one at home outright. Did you know that Nino's had this circled on the calendar since preseason? Really? Yeah. How come, Nino? How come, Nino? (laughs) Where are you going with this one, Andy? I'm just kidding. I think anyone outside the LA or Phoenix area is uh, not going to be watching this one based on everything else that is happening at the same time. Uh, sorry, you know, I was just joking. But, uh, divisional <laughs> game. You know, Arizona has done a great job of backdoor covering, but that's for bigger spreads. And yep. you don't really get a backdoor cover on a field goal spread. The Rams were really, really, really embarrassed on Monday Night Football. They were. And as you say, Maddie, they've done nothing but unimpress me all year. But they have all the same sort of pieces in place 
that they did when they went to the Super Bowl last year. So it's more of a matter of chemistry than it is talent. Uh, no significant injuries, uh, no significant trades. Gurley's not playing the way he used to, but we, we kind of knew that going into the season. How bad is Jared Goff? Ah, you know, he's hideous. He's seriously, he's, he's, and I, you know, what's funny is you've heard me say it the last few weeks, he's Mitch Trubisky 2.0 with just a yeah. bigger contract. And uh, mm -hmm. I, it's funny, I, I followed Bill Simmons on Twitter, and he actually said the same thing. He looks like Mitch Trubisky. He's, he's like tall like Trubisky, overthrows uh, receivers like Trubisky, he's not making the right reads. And Kyler Murray has taken a team, with the exception of Fitzgerald, who is a legendary receiver and still doing an awesome job at, at even an old age, uh, he's taken a team with very little talent and He's been competitive in many games. Dude, this is my money line Maddie pick for the week right here. They're plus Ooh, a money line Maddie pick. Yeah, they are plus 135 to win this game outright, and I'm taking the Cardinals at plus 135 on the money line. Nino, you go before me. I'm still I'm still flipping the coin over here. Oh, really? I'm all over Arizona, too. I mean, you got a team that's 3-7, and seven, and I, I wouldn't say that often. But when you look at some of the losses, you've got Baltimore in there. You've got San Fran a couple times. You've got some good teams, Seattle, Carolina. I, I think Arizona takes it to L.A. I don't think uh, they're getting the credit they need as a, a home dog. All right. So in a divisional game like this, I like to look at the coaching matchups. And I think Sean McVay has got a huge edge over Cl Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, the coin flipped on heads. Uh, when everyone zigs, Andy zags. I'm going Rams. But I subscribe to the law of contrary public opinion. If everyone thinks one thing, then I say bet the other way. All right, another afternoon game. Uh, we go to Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium. Kansas City 10-point favorites against the uh, Oakland Raiders. I generally don't like to see spreads that are at double digits when it's a division game. I, th I find division games are always closer. I know last time they played, the, the Chiefs blew out uh, Oakland. Oakland's gotten better since last year, and the Chiefs' defense is still the same old garbage. They're like low-tier health insurance. They cost a lot of money, but they can't cover shit. Really, Matty? I, I, the only part of that that I disagreed with is the fact that double-digit spreads really excite me in a divisional game. Well, um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we, I mean, I mean, more for the home team. You mentioned last year. I mean, that was a different Oakland team. They lost thirty-five to three in December against Kansas City. Neither team's really playing for it. And Casey had the buy at the point. Um, and 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 John Gurdon's done a really good job of getting these guys fired up in Oakland. I don't know what the egg that they laid on the East Coast was this past. Uh, the Jets had obviously been well more prepared than the Raiders, but I think that was an anomaly. Um, the Raiders have done a pretty good job of covering the spread this year. And it's not like John Gruden's um, any stranger to going into Arrowhead against Andy Reid. Now, Andy Reid's record off a of bye is pretty stellar. Yes. Um, here's a stat for you guys. We like to talk about the weather, which, by the way, is going to be 41 degrees with 17 mile an hour winds. Derek Carr has had 11 starts below 50 degrees. And those 11 starts, he's won two of them. 
Okay, so the third best car has two wins and 11 starts below 50 degrees, and this is going to 41. But that means he's going to have to rely on his ground game. Josh Jacobs, fifth in the league in total rushing yards, seven TDs on the ground. And Kansas City I, cannot stop the run. They, can, they can't stop anything. No, they can't. And, you know, if you want a little bit of a little bit of a foreshadowing here that line at 51 and a half looks pretty low to me <laughs> maybe despite the fact that the winds are so high i don't know in fact yeah no i'd probably stay away from that total based on the weather itself but um this is going to be a pretty good matchup i don't know nino afc us what do you think tends a lot but for some reason i think kansas city is going to cover it if you look at uh, five or four of the five oakland losses have been by more than 10 um, I, I don't know why I usually would stay away from something like this. I probably won't put any of my own money on it, but for some reason I'm, I'm taking KC. Boom. Taking the uh, double digit spread, cashing in his wise guy card. Uh, this is a tough one. It's a divisional game. Generally, they're a lot closer. Uh, I agree. The weather is going to play a factor and will probably keep the game closer. What with uh, Oakland's rushing game and the inability of the, uh, Chiefs to stop anybody. I, I, I'm I'm going to be taking the uh, Oakland Raiders here to cover that double digit spread. They're Raiders. And our last game of Sunday afternoon on Thanksgiving weekend takes us to the Mile High City. We go to Denver, where the Chargers are in town. Denver, two and a half point underdogs at home. And uh, Vic Fangio, Don Fangio. What have I ever done to make you treat me so disrespectfully? He has not ruled out uh, a Drew Locke uh, start. So Brandon Allen right now is the quarterback, but he Fangio's non-committal. So it's pretty tough. I'm well, going to be staying the, the away from this why, game. The reason why that's a big decision is not which quarterback is better. There's some some contractual reasons uh, why they might want to keep him on the IR in terms of when when they have to pay him out uh, and how long his contract is going to be extended. So uh, that's that's kind of a, an up to the lawyer sort of thing. But you know, Brandon Allen went <laughs> ten for twenty five for eighty two yards and. Zero touchdowns against the Bills. Now, obviously, the Bills have a pretty good defense, much better than what the Chargers have been showing this year. Um, you know, to be honest, at 38 and a half, that total's a bit high. Yeah. I don't see a lot of scoring here. I see Philip Lindsay going up the middle, and I see Von right. Miller. Philip Lindsay down hasn't been. Philip Rivers' throat. Yeah. <laughs> Philip Lindsay has not uh, been a world beater this year. Uh, he's, he has not played super well, not like he did last year, which was kind of a breakout season for the kid. Uh, I'm going to be staying away from this game because I never know which Chargers team is going to show up. And Just Phillip Rivers is it himself this year. Uh, no, he's not. Seven interceptions in the last two games. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a flyer on this one, and I'm going to say the Broncos, uh, the Broncos win this game. Outright. Hey, Matty, do you think Philip Lindsay's mom's still feeding him uh, meatloaf at home? Because he's, he's living there with him, right? I think maybe she stopped that. And I don't know what's uh, 
you know, no, she probably still does. His, she probably still does his dirt. laundry. Oh, I, I would expect that she would. What do you think about this, Nino? Uh, this one's a coin flip for me. I'm, I'm taking the home team, though. When in doubt, home team when it's uh, this close. 16 inches of snow dumped on Denver this week. Um, although that'll be all cleared away. It's not like they're playing in it, but I don't know. I just got a feeling that churches. Yeah. Philip rivers does not look like Philip rivers. And I don't think those last two games of seven interceptions are an anomaly. I think he, he just doesn't times probably catching up on him. No, I like Denver in this one too, guys. <laughs> All right, Sunday Night Football. The Houston Texans play host to the New England Patriots. Houston, three-point underdogs at home. And uh, New England uh, does not look like the New England Patriots I remember from many years past. Uh, I'm liking the home dog in this one. Andy, can you talk me off of it? I can. I can. You've got teams like the Baltimore Ravens now with only two low. They're going to keep the Patriots honest. They can't just glide through December knowing that they're going to get a first round bye. They're going to have to keep pace with them. They're going to keep up. Um, the Pats right now, don't want a first uh, round bye. The Pats have never won a Super Bowl when they've had the first round bye. Trust me, they want a first round bye. Uh, now, Mr. O'Brien uh, has gone up against his old head coach, Bill Belichick, five times. And guess what? He's lost all five of them. But not only that he's lost all five of them by an average margin of 15 points and if you want to talk about how dominant the Patriots defense has been they're averaging 1.7 turnovers per game now to put that in number two in the league which is Pittsburgh pretty good defense is plus 0.9 so almost half they're double they're double um they're sorry they have doubled the number of the next best place team in terms of turnover margin. Uh, I don't think this three points is a big deal. I'm going to go with the uh, Patriots prime time, baby. How about you, Nino? I was looking at this one. And it almost feels like it's a letdown game for New England. I mean, they, you look at their their record; they're they're obviously doing fantastic. But some of those wins, you got two of them against the Jets. You got the Giants in there. You got the Dolphins. I think it's a little overflated. But I, I just couldn't see enough to to take Houston. I did, you know. I, I think I'm going to stay away from this because I'm not going to be surprised if there is a letdown. But my brain is telling me uh, New England on this one. Well, I'll tell you, just because New England wants a first round bye doesn't mean they'll get a first round bye. They're already <laughs> they're already for, right. They're already fortunate enough that they get to play in the AFC East and get to play the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins twice a year. So by virtue <laughs> exactly. of like their division, they win their division every year. They can lose this game, still win their division. And I think Houston's got a little bit to prove. I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's a great quarterback. And uh, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. I think Patrick Ewing is going to be in the greater Houston area during the game.
All right, and finally, Monday Night Football, the Seattle Seahawks, three-point favorites at home against the visiting Minnesota Vikings who are coming off of a bye. And uh, this is an interesting game because these are two offenses that can score. They can score. Seattle's one of the worst teams against tight ends, so look for Kyle Rudolph to have a fairly decent day. Vikings are coming off a bye, and Seattle is coming off a very physical game on the East Coast against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Rashad Penny was the tail of the tape for that one, rushing for our buck 29 and a touchdown. We haven't seen much from him yet this year. So they're getting their ground game back going, uh, coupling him with Chris Carson. It's pretty dangerous. But their defense is suspect, and I got I got a feeling Dalvin Cook is going to be walking all over these guys. Um, I'm gonna, I, you know what? I'm going to be Moneyline Maddie. Uh, I might be Moneyline Maddie the Vikings here. Whoa. Big, uh, that's a big uh, guess. I'll tell you what. Bold statement. Yeah, very, very bold. What about you, Nino? Are you are you feeling bold today, Nino? I am definitely not. I'm all over uh, Seattle in this one. I just think they're the better team. I mean, they're only one game, one win down Minnesota. But again, you look at the strength of schedule and looking at the teams that uh, Seattle's played versus Minnesota, I think Minnesota's inflated. I mean, they walk all over my boys a couple times a year recently, and yep. I just think Seattle's the better team. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Seattle's got one of the best home field advantages in the league. That 12th man really does mean something, and uh, I'm going to, I think, three points, as long as it stays a field goal or less, I am taking the Seahawks. Agreed, Maddie. agreed. Wrong. <laughs> now it's time for Maddie and Andy's Total Tease. This is where each of us pick a total and a teaser for you to try out this Sunday. And uh, we invite you to do it along with us on our Facebook fan page. That's Almost Wise Guys at Facebook. And, uh, well, Andy, you go first. What's your total tease for this week? Well, we're going to actually go to the Monday night game for this, where Minnesota is traveling to Seattle. The total's sitting at 50. And Seattle's defense has really had a resurgence in the last few weeks. We all know what Minnesota's defense looks like. And I got a feeling that this game is going to be decided on the ground. And I think they're going to dra- drag it out that way. So I'm going to go under 50 for that one. Well, for my total, I'm uh, looking at San Francisco at Baltimore. Right now, the over is at 46. And I think that's pretty, pretty small total for those two teams. I have a feeling that's not going to have a problem getting the over. So definitely check out San Francisco, Baltimore. How about your teaser, Andy? Well, it is a typical Stanford tease, and we are going to take the home Pittsburgh Steelers, and we're going to take that two points, drive it up to the three and the seven, take them at eight, and then we go to mile high, and Denver, who's currently sitting as a three-dog underdog at home, we're going to take that to nine. So you're going through key number seven and a sub-key number of six. Well, for my teaser, uh, first off, we take Arizona, and we're going to take them from plus three to plus nine. And then we're going to look at a total, and that'll be from the Tampa Bay-Jacksonville game. Right now, the over-under is sitting at 48. I'm going to take the over and tease that down to 42. 
So Arizona plus nine and Tampa Bay, Jacksonville tease the over down to 42. Well, thank you for listening to week 13 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week 13 games across the NFL. Once again, a special happy Thanksgiving weekend to all of our American listeners from the Costa Nostra studios. For Andy, the prognosticator, Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Good night, everyone. I love you guys. Give thanks and praises to the most high. Give thanks and praises so high. Deceive us, my brethren. He will only lead us. Oh, take that veil from off your eyes. Look into the future of real life. Sons I'm Shem and And it hammers no to be the prophet. Glory to Jah, the prophet is Glory to Jah, the prophet is Give them some praise.